the house built? I don't know. Mr. Fisher. 1919. I get the impression that you know quite a bit about Belasco. Would you mind sharing it with us? His first name was Emmerich. He was born on March the 23rd, 1879. He was the illegitimate son of an American munitions maker. What did he look like? His was a frightening visage, like the face of a demon that had taken on some human aspect. Are you quoting? Yes, I am. That is his second wife. She committed suicide in this room in 1927. How tall was he? Uh, he was six foot five. They called him the Roaring Giant. What did he do to make this house so evil, Mr. Fisher? Drug addiction, alcoholism, sadism, bestiality, mutilation, murder, vampirism, necrophilia, cannibalism, not to mention a gamut of sexual goodies. But shall I go on? How did it end? If it had ended, we would not be here. Hello, folks, and uh, welcome back after long, long time away to the Sin Beef Podcast. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Gary Hill. With me tonight is uh, the lovely Suzanne. How are you, girl? Um, much better after a mental health day off. Cool. You need that, you know, per- personal day. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, 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 very needed. Oh, man. That's good. That's good. And also with us, you know, they... Be also lovely and undeniable. Uh, my lovely Iris, how you doing? Hello, hello. How y'all doing? It's Thursday night. I'm uh, I'm a chatting to, to two of my favorite people. It's been a, been a good last couple nights here, so um, oh. I'm in. I'm into it. You know, let, let's talk some shit here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Iris, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it to you right away. Because you, you, you haven't been on since you guys since you guys started. Um, you you and uh, my favorite old curmudgeon in California have, have a brand new thing going on, and I'm I'm enjoying it. So tell us all oh. about it. Yeah. So basically, we have uh, started a new podcast, Mike and myself, and it's basically what we what we do is we are talking about all kinds of stuff like our first episode was about Noah's Ark and uh the second episode was about the ghosts of Flight 401 and uh Mike will be speaking on uh Lawrence Singleton the mad dropper and I will be my next one is going to be about Mothman so we are having fun. It's basically the show is basically um, it, it talks about cryptids, UFOs, you know, paranormal stuff, aliens, uh, flight crashes, accident, just anything. It's just going to be a wide variety of topics. And it's called uh, That's Sort of Weird. And you can find it at uh, That's Sort of Weird dot com. And uh, we are really enjoying it, so I hope you guys do, too. Yeah, I saw you talking about the Ghosts of Flight 401, and I, I read the book a long time ago. I saw oh, the yeah, TV the George movie. Fuller book. Yeah, and I mean, I just, every once in a while, I will just stumble on a spate of articles about it and how, you know, some of the parts that they use from the wreckage, you, yeah. you'd see the ghost of the flight attendant. And it's just a really, really interesting story. It, it yeah, it really is. And um, 
it's just well it's it's sort of weird i guess Nice shameless plug in <laughs> I'm all about the shameless plug. <laughs> so many plugs. Yeah, but we do enjoy it. And we have a face group. Um, we also have a Facebook group if you want to take a look at it. So, yeah, just search for that sort of with an A, that sort of weird podcast, and uh, you'll find us. Works, oh. babe. Works. You know. Uh, come, come, uh, join the butcher shop Facebook group. If you guys ever done that, yeah, just go, uh, search that out and, uh, see what's coming up and all that good stuff. That's something you said at the end of the show, but I don't care. I'm, I'm unorthodox tonight and, uh, fuck it. I will kick it to Suzanne first and ask her what she's been watching lately. Oh my God. I have been watching a whole lot of sports, obviously. And I finally, finally, finally kicked back and watched the black phone one of those little wasn't i tried to keep all of the thing keep it as vague as i could so i could kind of go in blank because i've heard people hate it i've heard people love it i saw it was a blumhouse movie and blumhouse aggravates me a lot (laughs) so i just kind of okay don't turn it off i saw the story was by joe hill and i knew it kind of sounded familiar, so I know at some point I had to have read the short story. But let's just say I was very pleasantly surprised by it. There was some, I have to admit, some downright unsettling images going on in that movie. It was quite good. And the other thing I finally broke down and did, I finally, finally got around to watching the WNUF Halloween special and Ghost Watch. I've seen them before, but it's like one of those things you're, it was always background noise. They've never really totally paid, you know, full attention. So the, it, it was, Ghost Watch was very well done. You actually got that sense of a haunting where WNUF, that was just, I, I laughed my ass off throughout the whole thing. It was, a lot of fun to watch. So I just, for some reason, those two movies got stuck in my head and I decided, yeah, what the hell? It's time to kick back and watch them. So it's kind of the main stuff I've watched lately. I, I didn't watch Black Phone yet. I want to, because uh, it's got a great mask in it, I, I will say. It's it's pretty uh, commanding yes. looking. It, it reminds <laughs> me of, um, what's the Japanese? Um, Onibaba? Yeah. Okay. From 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 way back when, I think the '60s, Odiwaba came out. I think. Oh wow! That's it's a good looking mask, though. And I think I want to say Sabini did it for for that mask, just a mask, because I know he worked a, on a similar mask for Bray Wyatt's new gimmick um, he has going on with. Uh, I think it's called Mister Howdy. Is the mask the, the the guy that wears the mask, and it looks very similar. And he made the mask for Bray Wyatt before before this, and uh, it it, it seems very interesting. I, I didn't get to watch it yet, though. I know Ethan Hawke's in it, and people are people rave about it. And I usually, when they rave about it, I, I don't I don't enjoy it so much. I, I'll talk about that when it's my turn. Uh, um, Iris, anything you've been watching lately, girl? Well, um, I have been really really enjoying the Japanese tales of the macabre. <laughs> Uh, that's on Netflix right now, and that's been really good. I've been really, really enjoying that. Um, 
Lynn and I started watching Willow on Disney. Loving it. Um, though, did they have to throw the gay thing in there? Really? I mean, come on, but whatever. This is my only issue with the show is that the right, the, the, Thank some, you. some not, not the gay thing, but like some of the dialogue is like modernized in there in a way. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and in my brain, I'm like, who were they writing this for? It's just, it's, it's not, it's not, it doesn't belong here. But, no, um, it doesn't. And, and you know, I, I kind of feel a little mad that this was not written for me, the kid who watched Willow, the first one, you know, back in the 80s. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. And and really, I mean, God, does everything have to have a gay couple in it now? Uh, Yo, they lean on it, but they don't. And, they and, don't. They don't lean crazy hard on it, like in, in most know, of the parts, you know. But yeah. Oh my God! And if anybody listening is new and doesn't know, I'm gay, so I'm not being an asshole. I'm just being an asshole. Um, let's see what else. Oh, and then oh my God! So I had such high hopes for horror in the high desert. And this is a, um, it's a movie on Prime. And I was like, oh, ooh, this looks good because it's about this guy named Gary Hinge and he disappeared in the desert. And I was like, oh, so this looks pretty good. So I'm watching and I'm really getting into it. And all of a sudden they find the camera and I'm like, motherfucker, if this is going to turn into a found footage. <laughs> and it did. Oh. <laughs> And not only did it turn into a found footage, but I was getting like a real, um, I was getting a real feel of like, this was, you know, kind of like a true crime documentary type of thing. No, it's not. It was one of those stupid ass, the things where they find the camera in the end and, and the monster comes at you. It I'm like, I wasted an hour and a half for this bullshit. Fuck this. I hate that. That aggravates the hell out of me. God. So since I was on Prime, I went ahead and switched it over to there is this little um, production company that I love. And Suzanne, you're going to love this little production company. And and they're on on Prime. They're called Small Town Monsters is the name of the production company. And uh, they have, you know, these little documentaries and and it's um, it's fact based. So it's not like, you know, woo type of shit but it's you know facts uh this one was about the mothman they have one about um the dog man of uh what is it brayer road or braith road or something like that and then they have a couple of others that they've done of the the ugwajis or the mugwajis uh in uh up in connecticut and just just really really good fact-based paranormal type of stuff where they give you fact and fiction at the same time. And they kind of make, let you make the decision, you know, um, yeah. you should look them up. The, 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 the production company is small town monsters. Yeah. I'm actually on Amazon prime looking now. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty good. Um, uh, sounds familiar, but there is one I did watch. I forgot in this. Oh, I can't believe it. I spaced it. But it was, it's this true haunting thing. Now I'm trying to find the damn name of it. And these ghost hunters, uh, some people who bought the Perone house from the Conjure. Oh, yeah. 
Did you uh, something that? about not sleeping at night, a sleepless nights or something like that? Yeah, and I, I can't find it. I didn't watch it all that long ago. But it was... I do admit, I'm that there were some unusual things that they caught on film in that. Yeah, and then they also had um the group that came in was pretty interesting. Uh the gal, the blonde gal that was um the psychic medium. Yeah. She was really interesting and I've seen her on other stuff. Um but yeah, uh that's a good one. I I have seen that one and I think uh the Perone house is probably going to end up one of my an episode on that's sort of weird. Uh, did you read the book that the daughter wrote? There's like three volumes of them. Oh my god, I tried to read it, but there were so bad. It's it's, it's real. I, nobody edited. Nobody did any editing on that thing because wow, grammatically, it's just like oh, this is hard to read. But um, yeah, um, I I managed to get through the first one. I bought the second and third ones, you know, sight unseen because I'm an idiot. They're no better. They are no and, better. Uh, the the third one is almost it, it's it's I don't want to say illegible, but it's it's that you can't understand anything and everything is because her mother loved poetry. She threw all this poetry in that had absolutely nothing to do nothing with to do with it. It's kind of like the ravings of a mad woman. Seriously. And did you see there's another documentary that actually one of my friends found it of all places, Kmart, and they sent it to me, and it's just called House of Darkness. Ooh, no, I don't know that one. I'm going to look that up. Um, it, it, it's basically, I think, her, I think it's Andrea, the daughter, mm-hmm. and she, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I will find the name of it, but I do believe it's House of Darkness, House of Light. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's the same name of the book, right? Yeah. And I have to admit, this the girl, the woman comes off is almost completely unlikable. It's it's very, very bizarre. Hmm. I'm going to have to look that up. I, I will make sure I've got the right name. I'll send you the IMDB info. Okay, cool. It's Thank you. It's going to be out there someplace. If you can't find it anywhere, let me know. Okay. I'll dig out my copy and send it to you. Sweet. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. So, <laughs> so besides that, um, been watching, um, love is buying Brazil. That is bizarre. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Except for, you know, trash TV, anything that TLC can throw at me, I'm going to watch. <laughs> yeah. I watched all of Willow, the, 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 the new series and, it, it 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 wraps itself up pretty good for a first season and oh nice it, it makes you want a second season but I hope they 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 just tighten up that writing just a little bit for me because I it's not the gay thing it's it's the the like the modern the modern slang they throw in there for no reason and I just I don't I don't appreciate that it's just I like these characters I want I want to be with these characters and it's just uh yeah. It's just stupid the way they did that. <laughs> um, one thing I can't recommend though, um, check out if people are dumping all over because they are misinformed. Is the National Treasure series on Disney Plus? Oh yeah, so I was watching some of that, and uh, Lynn and I kind of got sucked into that too. I mean, it, it I'm is, sorry, but no, no, you're okay, you're okay. Uh, the the Catherine Zeta Jones uh, plays a wonderful bad guy. 
Uh, I am like in love with her. But people don't know that I'm misinformed. Is that the show and, and the movies are connected? They're they're not they're not set a remake because characters no, from, it's from, not. The, from the movies show up on the show. So they're, exactly. They're, and, and there was another movie in the works with Nicolas Cage. So there's a chance for crossover there if you think about it. Oh you know? yeah. So yeah, just, no, totally. We'll see again. This is somebody's uh, probably a lot of them are coming in and like, oh, really cool show. And it's like, well, this is dumb. We don't understand this. Well, it's because you haven't watched the original movies. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it's really working for me though. I usually, usually I'm not in that you know Ooh, young girl. It is for me too. You know, playing Nancy Drew, but they they really play it intelligently, and I'm I'm really mm-hmm. um. I'm really enjoying it, actually. So if you haven't gave it a chance yet, if you think that oh, I'm not going to like this because it's just a remake of the movies, it's not a remake of the movies. It's not. You know, <laughs> I love these Disney properties, uh, especially the Nicolas Cage ones. I I rewatched uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice because I think that's the most fun you could have with a with a Nicolas Cage movie ever. And um, <laughs> you get you get to the end. They, I, I didn't realize there was an end credit scene to where you see. Mickey's sorcerer's hat inside of a jar and him picking up a tome and you realize that's a sequel that never came to the most fun you'll have with a Nicolas Cage movie. Um, and I get real sad. You know? <laughs> um, besides that, that stuff. Um, Hunters Season 2, the final season, uh, showed up on Amazon Prime. If you don't know what Hunters is, it's been away for a while, like probably a good three years. It's about Nazi hunters, um, you know, of course, you know, fictionalized Nazi hunters um, in, in the 70s. And uh, it, it stars Logan Lerman, who, who was, you might know from the Percy Jackson films, which I rewatched recently as well, because the series is coming. Great fun there. Doing a series? Huh? We're doing a series? We're doing a TV series, yeah. Oh my god, on what? Uh, Disney Plus, I believe. Oh my god, I love that. I love those movies. Yeah, so that's coming. Um also, also, Josh, you're okay. Also, Josh Radner from uh, How I Met Your Mother, uh, Carol Kane, uh, Banner performance in both seasons, especially this season, in my opinion. Lots of Al Pacino, Jennifer, Jason Lee. If you're not watching, you should be watching it. It's it's uh it's pretty great. And this season wraps up real fine. Where you find at the end that Hitler is very much alive, that he escaped Europe, and he's a big part of this plot and. Played by Udo Kier in in the second season of the show. And, oh, uh, very nice. So that's that's great. That's like the, the best stunt casting you can have, in my opinion. <laughs> it's um put Udo in there doing his thing. Very very nice. I don't want to give too much away, but there's a there's a monologue in, in the final episode of the season that Carol Kane gives, where I I hope she wins an Emmy for it because. You, you believe that she was in Nazi Germany. Let's put it that way. It's just a, wow. It's very very, nice. very emotional. You know, um, that's my girl right there. Um, besides that, I ain't got a whole lot more of it. But today, I, I watched the that movie about the robot girl. I, I watched Megan today. Or oh, uh, Megan, how Ma- is that? Or Mathrigan, whatever you want to call it. You know, because I've seen the meme oh. with uh, Keegan Michael uh, P- um, Key for from. Uh, Key and Peel, he does a teacher thing, and um, I laugh my ass off. All, all right, Mathrigan, you know, it's it's okay, you know, it 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 it, it went for the fences for a PG three thirteen horror four film. I I would like to see an already cut. Um, if you don't know what this is, basically, a little girl parents get in a car accident, she survives, 
uh, is taken in by her, her, her aunt who works for a toy company. They make like like super toys, and she's working on this this human looking doll that that can learn things, of course, and blah 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 blah. And of course, this thing goes from zero to sociopath in about point five seconds in this movie, and that's something that really unbelievable to me about. It. Like, yeah, all of a sudden, like, yeah, she learns things, and the whole the whole ploy of the movie is she's there to protect the the girl physically and emotionally. So whenever something happens to the girl, like she gets bit in the hand by this neighborhood, this next door neighbor dog. So you know something's going to happen to the dog. You know something's going to happen to the bitch neighbor. And this kid picks on her. So you know something's going to happen to the kid. But, you know, it it starts out slow, but it, it really picks up the pace. You know, everybody sees the part, the the scene where she's dancing because she danced with the, with the, with the girl. Cause they're, you know, they're, they're companions. Of course, they're, she, her, her, her parents are dead. She needs a companion. So she finds that in this, this mechanical sociopath and uh but what happens after she starts dancing in, in this office building is uh didn't see it coming but it's fucking hilarious okay but um it ends really stupid though but apparently it's getting a sequel and, and i'm all for horror films and in, in, in the box office doing well that means that they can make more horror films but this is a, a blumhouse joint and you're either for that or against that i'm, I'm forward in a way to where they can make big big money on a movie by not spending very much and that gives them a chance to give other folks money to make movies but i i don't see that as much now which is my only problem is them giving like smaller directors money to make movies it's just um i i don't know i i it bothers me um yeah that's just all i've watched recently I, I i got a small beef though with people who are worried and, and bitching and moaning about, you know, the whole changing of the guard at the the DC films and DC animated thing. And if you didn't know, uh, James Gunn and, um, I forget the other guy's name, but James Gunn's the, the, the big name everybody knows, made Guardians of the Galaxy, um, made the Peacemaker TV show, worked for Troma, people forget that, uh, I'm going to get cancelled for his role in some of those those movies, but um, I, I, it probably ain't never going to happen, but he took over creative and stuff like that for that, and basically said, we're going to wipe this boring ass slate clean and start all over again, we're going to keep the little the little parts that we like, and but mostly start over, you know, with a new Batman and a new Superman, but not concentrate on those things so much, and I, I, I don't have a problem with this, because the shit's fucking dull, even Mar- the marble stuff's getting fucking dull at this point. But you know what they, they gave us out of the gate? If you didn't know, we saw a trailer last week for a Batman story that is written by Mike Mignola, who um, d- d- they wrote Hellboy, or created Hellboy, uh, called Batman the Doom Came to Gotham. The Doom that came to Gotham. I am I'm so sorry. excited about that. Yeah, Batman fighting I old gods so in, in 20s, 1920s Gotham. This is this is the shit that it starts with, and it looks fucking amazing. Okay, so all the haters out there that are shitting all over these these ideas, just go go watch that trailer, and just 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 shut up. Okay, you know. <laughs> yeah, go watch something else. <laughs> shut your fucking mouth. Because it looks ama- it looks amazing. I, I I'm looking forward to it, and um, I'm looking for some, for some shine here, and people are just like, yeah, he's he's this out of the other, like. Henry Cavill never wanted to be Superman again. He he was he was promised something in that Black Adam movie that was not delivered, 
And it it just like, yeah, he's such an afterthought now. So he's going to go, go do something else, which I think is a, some kind of video game thing or something. Cause I guess he's a big gamer and this is something he's wanted to do for a long time. Oh, so he's going to be inside a video game? No, like making a, a some kind of video, movie project, oh. TV project based on, is it Warhammer or something? I, I, I forget how oh, that works. Oh, Warhammer, yes. Oh, that's right. So he's going to be uh, Warhammer 40K. He's going to be Space Marines. Woo! Yeah, I think he's going to be doing that, which he's very passionate about. So I don't see a problem or, or a bitch about this because, yeah, let, let him go do his thing, you know? <laughs> uh fucking fandom sometimes fucking the worst thing in the world and th- this dcu thing just brought all out of me like yeah i don't need to see another thing where they're just gonna like go light on it and make me disappointed and i watched trailer for this and i'm like i'm not disappointed at all just just, just keep it coming james gunn okay you know because if you if you watch that first season of peacemaker you, you you'll know he, he gets he gets the joke uh, all the way if you watch his Suicide Squad movie, you know that he gets the joke all the way. I like his Suicide Squad movie. My I bu- really do. My buddy made a comment, you know, the, the first thing he did was put put clothes on Harley Quinn. And it was one of the smartest things he ever did because she wasn't over-sexualized in that movie. Or in, I think, the underrated uh, Har- Harley Quinn movie, her solo movie, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he put he put clothes on Harley Quinn. It's the simplest thing in the world, you know. And um, you know why not make her an over over sexualized? Make her make her a fully fleshed out character. And they did it, you know. Right. She wasn't just a, a eye candy boy toy. She was an actual character, and I love that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's my right time to DCU and it, it, where it stands and. Go visit your local comic store and buy buy your your cards without humanity cards there and fucking leave them at Target. Fuck those fucking people. They they don't need your money, you know. Uh, <laughs> I hide that shit when I go in that store. Like let me, let me put this someplace else so they can't find it, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh! But uh, tonight we we are here to talk about two films. Um, been been a long time coming because it's been about a month and a half since we've been talking about doing this. Um. Uh, Unconsensual Spectres is the name of the show. <laughs> we are doing The Legend of Hell House from 1973. And I forget which year the entity came in, but it was very uncomfortable for me to watch it. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about it and never viewing it ever again with these lovely ladies. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about why. I just, ugh, I, I need a shower afterwards. Uh, um, we'll start with, I think, the earliest one, which would be The Legend of Hell House. Um, Right after this trailer. What in the name of God? What did he do to make this house so evil? Murder, vampirism, cannibalism, drug addiction, alcoholism, sadism, mutilation. How did it end? If it had ended, we would not be here.
inside me. Even as I'm speaking to you, I can, I can, I can feel him just waiting in there to take over. The house tried to kill me. It almost succeeded. I don't accept this. I do not accept this. Legend of Hell House from 1973, rated PG. Well, I guess you didn't see a whole lot of nastiness in this movie. You know, it was all uh, not like the next movie. But <laughs> <laughs> this one was all inferred. It was all inferred, yes. Uh, your plot synopsis is a physicist, his wife, and two mediums are hired to investigate the Belasco House, where 27 guests had unexplicably died in 1927 along with most of a team of paranormal investigators that was sent there in the early 50s. Uh, this has a, a pretty banner cast on it for, for British people. And um, get that now. Ronnie McDowell plays Ben Fisher. Gail Honeycutt as Anne. Pamela Franklin as Florence. Uh, Clive Ravel as, as Dr. Barrett, who, yeah, I'll get to know why I know him for. I got two, we got two different Alfreds in this movie. I'm, I'll talk about that. Michael Goh. As uh, uncredited as Emmerich Belasco, I bring up his name, but um, and I'll tell you why in a second. Uh, Peter Bowles is Hanley, Roland Culver is Mr. Douche. Uh, uh, director directed by John Ho, who gave us to be fair. I'm slow with this still, guys. You know, <laughs> a little rusty. Hey, a little rusty, man. But he worked on some pretty cool British stuff, um, including. Second unit on the Avengers TV show. If you scroll down to the thing, directed Watcher in the Woods, uh, The Incubus. Oh, shit. Um, Escape to Witch Mountain, Dirty Mary <laughs> Crazy Larry. Shit we'll be talking about, I'm sure. So, Twins of Evil. The Oh, my gosh. So many erections in that movie, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> on, this side of the, on this side of the microphone, you know. Uh, <laughs> Oh my gosh, those Shwing. twins! Goddamn! <laughs> Good job, sir, for filming all of that. Um, but yeah, written um, written by uh, Richard Matheson, based on his novel. So you know it's going to be good. I will kick it to Suzanne first. Tell us all your budget, your love for this movie. Oh my god, this is I. This is one of the earliest horror movies I remember watching. It was one of those, it was the Saturday special. For some reason, it always popped up on, you know, early Saturday afternoons. This movie would creep the hell out of me. There's so much. There, there's absolutely, this movie is uh, uh, flawless. I think it, 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 the, the fear that you feel, once again, you're not seeing ghosts. You're hearing things. You're not, you get like one glimpse of, uh, rotting corpse and i think that's about all the gore that you get out of this and maybe oh yeah a little bit of little you you see stuff but this there one of the most terrifying scenes in this movie for me is when 
she is sitting and she starts to manifest the physical things, the ectoplasm, and you just hear him saying, you know, leave a sample in the jar, leave a sample in the jar. And then all of a sudden you just hear that loud snap and she starts screaming that it's for me, it's just this, I could take this movie down scene by scene. It's insanely creepy. And I, there's nothing I love more than a good haunted house movie. Ghosts are my favorite subgenre. ghosts and hauntings. It is just one of those things. And once again, Roddy McDowell is so good as Ben Fisher. He is trying to keep everything together. He's closing himself off. He's trying to teach the young girl how to do the same thing. And everybody's got their own ideas. Well, the young medium. God, and of course, her name just left, my, left me. It's just one of those movies. It ages like fine wine. I In the settings, I mean, you have to admit, it's absolutely, the sets are beautiful. You get that big sprawling manor house, the, the you know, possessed cat. There's, there are so many different layers to this hell. I think it's kind of funny. Um, there's an album called Cleanse, Fold, and Manipulate by Skinny Puppy. And they sampled the hell out of this movie. And when she goes down after she's slightly possessed and tries to seduce Roddy McDowell's character, and she is just there, you know, rattling off, you know, biting and teasing. And it's all on this album. It's fantastic. But this is one of the great, great ghost movies of all time. Easily, there's, I'd say there's about five to seven that age that just are timeless. And you can watch them at any era, any time. They just work just because of how well written they are. And I'm also, shock and surprise, a huge fan of the book. I end up reading it, rereading it every couple of years just because there's little nuances, but this is as classic as you can get it. You can't beat the cast. I love that whole concept of a machine to get rid of the ions that cause the disturbances, the whole reveal at the end. And there's there. It's just, it's just fantastic in every way. There's, I know I, had much more to say and I am it's been a long week I have gone completely blank so my apologies I'm sure when we come back around I'll remember everything else I planned on saying no you're okay I'm sure you'll bounce off some stuff we're gonna say uh Iris go for it so uh this movie is completely atmospheric from the very beginning uh when they show the house and they're opening the the gate and walking in it's it's really, really visual. I mean, it's stupid to say that a movie's visual, but this one is extremely visual because everything hits you all at once. The The haunting itself is very, very well done because it's very obscure. Um, 
what you know of the haunting is what uh, Florence Tanner, which uh, Pamela Franklin, she's the the psychic. Um, she is a psychic medium, and she's already getting readings and feelings from the house as soon as she walks in. And there's a chapel, and she's like, fuck, no, I ain't going in there. And, of course, you have the physicist who is kind of like, well, okay, whatever. Until I see something physical, it's not going to, you know, I don't believe in it. And then at one point where she has a sitting, uh, she actually manifests um, the corporeal stuff. Oh, God, what's it called? Um, Ectoplasm. Uh, And um, she actually manifests it. (laughs) And I love her line when when they tell her, she goes, oh, great. Now I'm a physical medium, too. (laughs) But um, it's really, really good. And, And just the... The characters himself, there's this young psychic who is just throws herself into everything and ends up kind of screwing things up a little bit for herself. She believes that it's the son of the main bad guy, which is his name's Belasco. Um, and then, like, as uh, Suzanne said, they do find a rotted corpse and she is led to this corpse. And then, um, they have a funeral for it <laughs> and all, but uh, it's really good because I love each one has a very separate path. You have rotting McDowell. Who's like, Oh fuck. No, I'm, I'm closed off. I was here when I was 15 and everybody that was here died. So yeah. And then you have the scientist, Dr. Barrett, who's like, well, I'm going to fix this with science. And you know, his, his wife was like, I'm just here for the ride. Literally and figuratively. (laughs) Uh, But um, as the story is coming together and it's being wrapped up, it's just done so well. Um, One of the iconic, for me, extremely iconic is what happens to Florence in the chapel at the very end. That is a picture that anytime I think of Hell House, that is what I think in my head, because as a kid, I th- that was the most impactful scene for me when I saw this movie the very first time. And like Suzanne, I'm a big reader and I have this on um, in book. I have an audio. I mean, this is a great, great story. And the story itself is very atmospheric. So, um, and the story doesn't, the, the story itself, the book does not ruin the ambiguity of the ghost and i love that the movie does the same thing it does not ruin it until the very last reveal but i think it it's it's one of those great movies that it will it doesn't lose its um you know it kind of like doesn't lose it it's um i guess uh just the way you you it's relevance it doesn't lose any relevance even you know throughout time because at that time, you know, using science to do paranormal stuff, it was just the beginning. And that's what we're doing now. I mean, anytime somebody goes ghost hunting, they, they pull out a EMF detector. I mean, you know, that's a science. You know, that's science. It's, a, yeah, you know, it's instruments and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is, a, a, it remains relevant. And I just love this movie. Yeah, this is, I think I watched it for the first time at Suzanne's house. And, um, it's it, it, it's a pretty good one. I, I do enjoy it for all the reasons they said so far. I mentioned that there's two Alfreds in this movie. I'm referring to Batman again. 
uh, Clive Ravel, who I, I know mostly for his voice acting, because through the 80s, I think through like today, he's still a voice actor. He was Kickback in Transformers the movie. He was the uh, the voice of the Emperor in, in the in, in the current Star Wars, I think in the original Star Wars 2. Um, Michael Goh uh, shows up in this movie. He, he's my second Alfred. The Alfred that I know, uh, not my first Alfred, but these are the two Alfreds that I fell in love with because Clyde Ravel played the voice of Alfred on Batman the Animated Series. So, these are the two Alfreds that I know and I love so much. You know, although my first Alfred was the 60s Batman Alfred. Um, they do it all so fine. Uh, I love the, the fact in this movie that it has the trope of white folks going into a, a, a death house and they're, they're, they're not going to leave because they're white. But you have the white character of Ryan McDowell, Ben Fisher, telling them, no, no, you should fucking get out of here because it's, just, it's a bad place. People die here and uh, I've witnessed this and you, you you guys should get the fuck out of here. And they they stay anyway, you know, of course. And shit happens. But other than the fact that there's that character out there that's to break that trope of white folks staying in the haunted house, you know. <laughs> it's a, maybe it's a it's a bad idea. And um yeah, don't 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 do that. But um I, I think that Jeffrey Combs uh owes a lot to our friend Ryan McDowell here at Rolls Light Desk because if you if you look at the way Jeffrey Combs acts at everything, he has that, that unhinged look on his face and c- compare and contrast Roddy's uh uh, role in this movie in the way he the way he carries himself and watch Reanimator and watch the way that Jeffrey Combs carries himself in that movie you know very unhinged very nervous almost stammering but not stammering you know a lot of the mannerisms are there so thank your lucky stars there uh there Jeffrey Combs because uh, uh you got it from somewhere I, 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 I watching this this watch around I I, I see it right there you know, where, where you got that from uh, it's not a bad thing. It's a, it's a nice tribute. Um, Pamela Franklin is Florence. Only fucking white person I know who was a medium of this movie, of course, playing this character that finds out she's going to go to a death house. She feels all these nasty things in the chapel, yada, yada. And what does she do? She fucking taunts the ghost that happens to be in her bedroom. I mean, right. He, he, is he, that all you can do? Yeah. <laughs> he's pulled the, pull the bed sheets now. He's doing all this other shit. And you're like, yeah, well, I'll lay in that bed. Fuck no, man. You lay downstairs or something. I would lay in that fucking bed if a goddamn ghost is in there. And oh, man. My main issue with this film, and it's not even a big issue, is that I can't watch it with a straight face because I've seen Scary Movie 2. Oh, God. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I can't do it, especially the part with the cat. I, I, I can't stop laughing. It's, it's yep. like, you know, very, very good time. Like, like I said, very atmospheric. It's, it's all it's all furniture moving around and, and, and door slams. And you see a shadow of something on a ceiling and the, their reactions to things. And I love when she gets possessed and they think that, you know, she's normal. All of a sudden she makes that churn and you realize he's inside of her. You know, this... Uh, um. This five foot two midget, apparently, according to Roddy McDowell in this movie, right? Yeah. In more ways than one. <laughs> he's all—he's all—he's—he's he's slid inside her, as as they say, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and nastiness, nastiness, man. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. But a bunch. No, you have to admit, like it's, I, my brain fog it is kind of departing. But that scene when you know the 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 the, the unspeakable happens, 
And you just get that glimpse of that zombie-esque thing in. It's just, it's just so revolting. And I mean, like that, it, it, I think in the Blu-ray that I got, I think it's a lot more clear than it is in the DVD version that I have. It's just a little bit more, you know, put together for some reason. I don't know. Uh, all I'll say is that Ghostbusters lied to me that, you know, getting sexually violated by a ghost is not as fun as Dan Aykroyd made it out to be. Okay. It just, it's just not, you know. Oh, well, you know, it depends if you're willing or not, too. Well, I mean. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess that was consensual when his eyes rolled in the back of his head, you know, because I didn't get that joke as a child. I get it now. That, that ghost is giving, <laughs> giving Ray stands a blowjob. And I, I get that joke now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this is not consensual. That's a, hence, hence the title of the show. And yeah, she 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 loses her mind because of it. And it, it works really well in this movie. And um, everything works works real well in this movie. Like I said, it's, it's down to some simplicity. It's not you know the Conjuring where the 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 ghost girl is hanging on top of the wardrobe and she has to jump down. It's wow, scare you, you know. And it's like no, it's 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 not it's none of that. It's just it's real simplistic. You never see the mon- you never see the ghosts, but you know the ghosts are there, and they mean them harm. And of course, you know the doctor has a a scientific solution that does not work apparently. And you know, much like in our next movie, science uh, science does not help these people. You know, but um, a couple of them live. So there's that. You know, it's it's a yeah, there is that there there is yeah. that. <laughs> One of the ones being the the white person. That was the voice of reason said, maybe you guys should get the fuck out of here. You know, so <laughs> Ben Fisher, Ryan McDowell, uh, MVP of this movie for being the one white person in, in a ghost house movie that says, tells other white folks, maybe we should just get the fuck out of here. And he was ready to go too. You know, so. <laughs> get her out of here. <laughs> Keep saying, he said it multiple times too. He's like, yeah, that's oh, not, not my a good God, idea. So many times. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe Totally worth watching, though. I I, I enjoyed myself. Uh, first time I saw it, second time I saw it, and all the other times I saw it, it is a it's a bona fide classic. Um, I will kick it to Iris. Ask her final thoughts, and what did she give a one to ten? Okay, final thoughts. Um, I'm going to give this a ten because it, like I said, one of my favorites. Um, very well done. Um, you know, one of the best tropes in any of these movies that I love is don't show me the monster because then I can you know, make that monster up in my head. So I think that's like one of the best things about this. A great cast. Um, you know, Pamela Franklin is just amazing as this young Florence Tanner who is, thinks she's the hottest shit around as a psychic. And then, well, she kind of ends up with a bit of her comeuppance there. Um, you know, Roddy McDowell, he's the one that's like, everybody, we need to go. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, whatever, dude. Just we're here for the money. <laughs> I love how he says, just you know, tell Dutch whatever he wants and 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 collect your money. You're good to go. It's, it's kind of like the one the one black guy, Night of the Demons, the only guy that wants exactly. to leave. You know, yeah. It's, it's like just the, the, the brother knew what was up. Is all I'll say about that movie. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the brother always knows what's he, up. He saw the writing on the wall. <laughs> 
But, but yeah, this this is a great watch. Um, one of my favorites for a very, very long time, and I'm going to give it a 10. Cool. Um, yeah, you said come up and saw I thought was about ectoplasm. Now, this is going to get real gross in this movie. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Susan, go for it, girl. All right. Um, yeah, that's what I kept trying to say was atmospheric. And that's one thing I love about, you know, a well-made ghost movie. You don't see anything. It's what you don't see that makes it terrifying. And it's the same thing with the Amityville Horror. You see nothing. Your brain does the rest of the work for you. You you know, when the doctor's wife is walking down that staircase and your your eyes are all over the place waiting for something to come out and grab her. And it doesn't. It just adds to that that suspense. And one more thing for this is for Iris. There is somebody did write a short story about the um, the 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 team of experts that went in 1940 when oh really 15 years old. I just I couldn't remember the name of it, and I'd feel like running upstairs and getting my Kindle. But it's called Return to Hell House, written by Nancy Collins. It's like 80 pages long. Oh, I'm gonna so, have to look that up and Kindle. Okay. Yep, it's on Kindle. Because it's on my, obviously, my candle. I just could not remember who wrote it. Okay. But yeah, it's all about the expedition when he was 15. Nice. Well, check that out. It's really, really good. It's got bad reviews because people are stupid. <laughs> Aren't they all? <laughs> yeah, they are. But this is just, this is classic. This is an absolute classic. It is it, it, a, just one of the absolute best of the best with a haunted house. I mean, the house could be its own character in this. It, it really could. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, um, um, uh, Bly Manor and, uh, the other one, uh, Hill house. Yeah. The house is, you know, pretty much the focal point. It is its own character. Mm-hmm. And it's it, every single room. There's, there's, it, it's telling its own story is, you know, we're going through, what the characters are doing and especially the church in hell which is yes that is one of my favorite lines in this in in the whole thing but like i said it's it's atmospheric it's you're unsettled the whole time your eyes are unfocused because you don't know if something's gonna jump out and it's scarier when it doesn't because you don't know where it's coming from but yeah this is straight up it's a 10 all day every day the book is a 10. The short story, also a 10. So there you go. There's the trifecta. Cool. It does everything right. I, I have to, I'll go with that 10 too. It does everything right. Let's put it that way. And it does everything that that, that, that I like that, that James Wan has perverted and just made stupid. Because you had me in Insidious till I saw the monster. And that thing's just stupid looking. And Yeah, it's Darth Maul. It, I mean, it makes me laugh every time I look at it. You know? <laughs> Yeah. The thing I really liked, I mean, I don't know if it, who did Insidious, or not Insidious, um, Sinister. Scott Derrickson. Okay. Yeah. I like him. But it's, for me, it's the whole Blumhouse assembly line. You know, it's part, they, they do some things pretty well, and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, 30 movies a year, and each one is worse than the last one. You, you know who did this right? Sam Raimi did this right with with Drag Me to Hell because he took the Lamia 
and said, I'm going to make this team look as silly and stupid as I, as I possibly can. And he did, and I'm, I'm all in for it, okay? The fucking Looney Tunes aspects of that movie are fucking insane, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's a 10. I, I enjoy my time with it, and it's um very, very watchable, very relevant to this day. And I, I um, I'd recommend somebody want to watch it, you know? I'm not, I'm not going to say, hey, do, do you like all this new horror stuff? Well, you're probably gonna hate you. You're probably gonna hate your experience with this one. Maybe I I don't know because it's very it's very minimal, and I could appreciate it being that minimal and not explaining every fucking thing to me. And you, you know, I that which the thing I hate about horror films. And we'll get to the next one where nothing is explained. And I don't need it all written out for me. I don't need that. I want to have some some mystery and and sometimes and. Nothing is everything isn't explained. They don't explain what Mr. Belasco has done and why he's do why he's so violent about they don't explain any of this. Now if you had a movie today, you you'd like have a scene where somebody finds an old trunk or something with some tomes of, 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 of journals and they find out all about blah 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 because everybody's fucking everything explained to them. No. You go into this house, there's a violent ghost in this house that has killed people, it's gonna kill some more people, it's gonna terrorize the current people in there. And that's the movie you got with this, and the book that you got, and I, uh, I can appreciate that. Put it that way. So nice. ten out of ten, and we'll we'll leave that one at that, and get very uncomfortable, guys. Next, uh, <laughs> God fucking damn it! Nine years later, we get the entity from 1982, and we'll talk about that right after the trailer. I've always believed. There were several planes of existence. And we as human beings inhabit only one. What happened to you guys last night anyway? I was attacked. Is this the first time something like this has ever happened? No. Things have come to me. In the night. Why do I see and feel these things? Some things are more terrible than other things. And he felt like a man. A big man. But when my son came in, there was nobody there. He evaporated. That's classic poltergeist activity. You know, there was a time when people believed in the supernatural. These ghosts and demons were only ideas but people saw them. You think I'm insane? First, we have to find out what the problem is. In the meantime, I'll be dead. He's stronger than you are. He'll kill me if he has to. Isn't it possible that some entity has crossed into our plane of existence? There was somebody there. I couldn't see him with my eyes, but there was somebody there. appear to us now. It's my decision. What, to stay sick? To stay alive. Uh, the Entity from 1982. Um, cheapo plot synopsis. This is real short on, on MDB. A woman is tormented and sexually molested by an invisible demon. Um, this stars, of course, Barbara Hershey. Um, 
Ron Silver. I, I, I love young Ron Silver in this movie. Uh, George Lobby, Lobby, Labiosa as as her son Billy, the oldest son. George Coe as 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 um one of the doctors. I just clicked off, so I'm sorry. Jacqueline Brooks as uh one of the paranormal doctors, Doctor Cooley. Uh, Margaret Bly's her friend Cindy, which a uh, very sympathetic character in this film. I, I I appreciate that. There's some other folks show up in this movie. Alex Rocco, my 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 hero of of this movie, because um he has he has a part in this movie that I. I could appreciate, and people might shit on him for doing what he did, but I, I'm not gonna let's put it that way. Um, this is directed by Sidney J. Fury, who um, gave us uh, not, not not he gave us this movie, but he gave us also stuff like um, I want to say it's our clicking on it now. Sorry, guys, some real dumb stuff, but stuff that I enjoy from the '80s. That's not this, um, like Iron Eagle. He he gave us and. To a lesser extent, Superman 4. To a decent extent, uh, Iron Eagle 2. He gave us a, a um, he gave us a, one of the remakes of The Black Cat, 1989. Taking a Beverly Hills, I enjoy. He worked on Lonesome Dove. Some stuff I really enjoy. And don't get me wrong, I enjoy my time with this movie. It's it's a it's a good movie. And we I talked about that when we did Cockfighter, me and me and Cameron. It's a good movie, but it's probably something I'll never watch ever again. Uh, written by Frank. D. Felita, uh, he wrote the novel and the screenplay of this movie, and this apparently is based on a real woman who, who I don't know, uh, to the extent of of her her happenings that th- this film went to the, to the lengths of. But um, I'm sure one of these ladies knows all about it. And I'm sure tell us all about it. <laughs> Fucking hell, <laughs> Suzanne, tell us about the entity. Oh my god, yeah, this is one of those um, young child. Well maybe 12 or 13, I snuck out of bed to watch this in the middle of the night. It was not the smartest thing I have ever done. It is definitely based on a true story, and the book is a fictionalized account of it, and what made this case so incredibly famous is they actually got photographic evidence that was actually in several magazines. So there's that. But anyway, you know, we have one of my favorite character actors in this, in Ron Silver. He just, I love everything he's in just because he just adds that, like, kind of a a douchey factor to it. But he's like, he's like the douchebag that cares a little bit. And he is absolutely fantastic as the psychologist. And Barbara Hershey, I, I, I give this woman a lot of credit for what she did in this movie i it would i i can't think of many that would be able to well uh, well stay naked for as long as she did but you know onto the movie and this one you don't once again we're back to the you don't really see per se the ghost but you do get to experience the ghost the way that you didn't in Hell and Hell House, and it's this poor, you know, single mom trying to go to school, take care of her kids, get you know, working, trying to get a better job, and she is just haunted by this spirit that abuses her at night. It doesn't really seem to bother the little girls, 
but it, it it's a very it's vengeful as hell. So when her friend finally experiences the phenomenon, this is where we really the story really starts ramping up. She bumps into two parapsychologists at the bookstore. And that's when this thing gets broken wide open. And once again, we do have our element of science with the the end, you know, the the experiments, which is I have to admit, I don't think I would want to go through that particular experiment, especially with a spirit that has been that is proven to be um, dangerous. So once again, we have this fantastic cast with all of these wonderful elements of a haunting. You know, the one of the creepiest. There, there are just little. There are certain scenes in the movie that I just find much creepier than others. And there's just one scene where her friend comes over and spends the night with her. She wakes up in the middle of the the night, and you get like that little wispy music, and the light turns on, and then it turns back off. That, for some reason, I find terrifying. And, wow, here I am with the damn brain fog again. This is what lack of sleep gets you, boys and girls. But we have just all of these things that make a good ghost movie. What You can't see it, mostly. It, you know, you're, you're seeing the breakdown of, of family, you know, relationships, in one in the absolute worst possible way. Thank you, Alex Rocco. <laughs> and it's brutal. It is, I, I still enjoy watching it, but it's to this day, the brutality of the attacks still get, makes me a little bit cringy. And there's one thing I noticed, I have seen this movie for many, many times over many, many years. And at the very end of the movie, when she walks through the door of her house after the experiment is over, and she starts hearing the while the doors slam, and she starts going toward the front door. I never heard it before. I don't know if it was something that they updated the audio on it, but it spoke. Did anybody else hear that, or have yeah, I? It was, it was there. Yeah. I don't remember it's, it. It's, it says welcome. Person. It says it says welcome home, cunt. You know, in that voice. No. Yeah. Bella. No, it says cunt. No, it said he said cunt. Yeah. Okay, I've got a. I'm I'm gonna go pull out because I've got the 4K version. I've got the regular DVD version, and yeah, I gotta go pull up both versions. Fast forward to the end and see. It was just I, I don't know. I I don't know how I missed it. I remember. That all of that at the end, I don't ever remember hearing that voice is clearly. Have I gone insane? Uh, no, I believe it was part of um, when they redid the DVD to Blu-ray. Uh-huh. I don't know if it was just added to or it was something that they didn't cut. Because I have watched the movie, the the one that was in the movie theaters, and I clearly... Remember, it said Carla and not cunt. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm not imagining things. No. Okay. Good. But once again, it's one of those, it's the quintessential 80s ghost movie. It's scary. It's, it really is scary. The music is, 
at least the music kind of prepares you for what's coming in. But I still have always, I like the movie. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> and I don't know. God, I, I just suck tonight. <laughs> but yeah, to carry it, I'm, I'll figure it out. <laughs> you're, you're okay. Uh, Iris, go for it, girl. So, um, the same as, as, as Suzanne, uh, extremely atmospheric love that you never get to see the ghost. Um, I had not seen the movie. I had read the book first way back. I think, <laughs> I think I was 13. Um, <laughs> and then of course I had to go seek out the VHS. <laughs> but in the, in the, yes, as you used to do, right. Um, oh. uh, and if you and you know your local VHS guy, he didn't care if you were three and and you know renting a porno as long as you paid him, he didn't give a fuck, <laughs> right? So yeah. uh, I was able to rent it. But in the book itself, um, in the book, it's a samurai that is the one that's abusing her. It is a Japanese warrior, as they say in in the book and everything. So I found that very interesting. But in this, uh, apparently it's some, like, minor or something, some guy that used to live there. Um, and, yeah, you know, um, in some parts do some parts do get a little uncomfortable, you know, because it, it goes on for a bit. <laughs> uh, and and uh, the atmospheric part about it is that you see things shaking. Um, you see her breath because the room gets so cold. And, you know, she's getting ready to get raped again. Uh, then, of course, she meets up, like you said, with the, with the parapsychologist. Now, what's interesting in this, um, it has a lot of elements of everything, right? You've got the psychologist, the parapsychologist. Um, and it is true. At the time, um, here you see that they, they put her in an actual lab, and it's the nitrogen and all this other stuff. I mean, okay, whatever. Um, but in the real case of the, the gal's name was Doris Bither. And um, it was Dr. Barry Taff, the Barry Taff that you hear the name drop on Ghost Adventures and Ghost Hunters and all, all these ghost hunting um, uh, shows. Uh, the original ghost hunter, as they like to call him. Um, he was the one that talked to Doris Bither and went to the house, and he was the one that was that took those photos. And there's actual an actual video of uh, the guy with the camera had gone upstairs because they wanted to put a camera up there to show if there was you know something in the attic that was making noises or whatever because they were hearing noises amongst seeing you know like lights flashing lights and things in the house so as he is up there all of a sudden they start hearing him um you know thrashing about and thrashing about so they somebody rushes up the ladder into the you know the pull down ladder and this guy you can clearly see the, the the person says you could clearly see that he was being held up and he was grabbing his neck so they grabbed him and brought him down, grabbed the camera. They have a little bit of what happened, and you see the guy actually being lifted up. So they go up into the attic, of course, to see if 
there was maybe, you know, like a nail that he got hung up on something, but there was nothing there. So that was also part of the evidence that Dr. Uh, Barry Taft and his crew had gathered. Now, the part of her going into the lab, somewhat kind of real, because uh, in the movie, I believe it's Dr. Cluey, uh, the lady psychologist. Yeah, the lady doctor. It sounds, it sounds, yeah, the lady it sounds close. Um, and uh, the actual, the real uh, lady doctor that was doing paranormal stuff uh, was uh, Dr. Uh, Moss, Thelma Moss. And uh, she was in, at the time at UCLA. They had these labs that were studying parapsychology. And Dr. Barry Taff was also a part of all that. So there is a lot of, of real elements that were thrown into this movie, which um, I really appreciated as I got older. Um, but the kid who watched this movie was scared shitless because, oh, my God, now a ghost can rape you. <laughs> That's pretty, that's terrifying when you're a, a, a teenager and you are even a young queen and you snuck out of bed in the middle of the night to watch this movie. Oh my God. And you yeah. dare scream or you're going to get your ass in trouble. It, well, not only that, but you know, um, had my parents known that I had rented this movie because I had waited for like, you know, had said, oh, I'm not feeling good today. I'm not going, you know, to Wednesday night church. And they all went and I threw this movie in. I'm there by myself at night watching this fucking movie. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to get raped by ghosts because I didn't go to church. I <laughs> <laughs> laugh about this now. <laughs> I know, right? Right. It's funny now. But um, the movie is great. It, it really puts you on edge as soon as you know that that ghost is going to show up you know it, it puts you on edge at least for me and, and it still does that and i've seen this movie so many times because I I, it's something i enjoy and, and like you were saying barbara hershey man kick ass to be able to be able to do these scenes for so long in the state that she was in it is just fucking amazing and, and i mean kudos to this woman now if uh you were interested in seeing it's called the entity files and it is an interview it's like interview style and it's dr barry taff and um barbara hershey it is on the uh can i believe it's uh the dvd by anchor okay anchor House? i think that's who it is uh and that is part of it's you know kind of one of those little things at the end that you can watch kind of like a commentary uh but um yeah my goodness what a movie and uh does it make me uncomfortable anymore no but i'll tell you what um it gets you know it gives me heart flutters and and, and a, a, you know that excited anxiety of oh shit here comes the ghost <laughs> Uh-huh. You know, it still does that to me. And, and you know, not a lot of movies do that uh, still for me. So, I mean, this one and The and the Exorcist, you know, those are the only two movies that still kind of, you know, like get my heartbeat going, you know, faster because, you know, I'm getting that. It's weird. But that excited anxiety of, oh, my God, here comes the ghost. Here comes the demon. You know, the, you're going to see something awful and you're excited. I know we're all weird. 
but yeah, that it's it's one of my faves. Well, there's one scene in the Amityville Horror that kind of does that for me. And it was, it, it's, once again, he's, George is up in the middle of the night. He hears the marching band and he goes down all the, the rugs are all rolled up. The furniture is all pushed back. And then he trips over that dragon and has these white oh, marks. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, the lion, the, yeah, yeah. Chinese food dog thing. But yeah, for me, it's like those little subtle points. It, the entire movie could be the most terrifying thing, but for me, it's like it's the little subtle things. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and what's kind of interesting is that um, this gal, Doris Bither, so Dr. Taff and uh, one of his assistants go and they they do all these photography, all this photography stuff. But then, um, I don't know, about maybe 30, 40 years later, um, another investigator by the name of Benjamin Radford basically looked into the whole thing again and looked at the pictures and all this other stuff and basically decided you know that it was basically a distressed family she had uh she had a lesbian lover but didn't want to say anything so she was making this other stuff up and uh yeah it's just this this woman really really needed just some psychiatric help is what i believe yeah, I remember oh. reading when I was finding some of the, you know, the facts about the actual case that she had a bit of a drinking problem. This one yes. doctor said that she she really liked her beer. Yeah, she did have a drinking problem. She, uh, you know, her husband and her were still at odds and, you know, he used to beat her and all this other stuff. So then she started dating a woman and that didn't work out very well for her so you know a lot of what uh this uh, benjamin radford is thinking is that you know it was just in her head she had made up this entity that was abusing her sexually because that's how she felt that everybody else did to her you know and of course we'll never really know the truth because uh she passed away in 1999 yeah so, and, you know, and according to her, she continued seeing these things. It didn't stop after she left the house. It it followed her to wherever she was going. So that's why a lot of people think that it was just something in her head, you know, this psychotic delusion that she had that uh, something was after her when it was really just her not being able to work through the issues that she had with her past relationships. I mean, I do have to wonder was she that tortured that she could physically manifest those things? Dude, I mean, think of stigmata. When somebody is completely, you know, they are so uh, turned over to their belief that they make themselves bleed, you know, and, and there's no wounds. So, yeah, I, I think it, it, you know, psychotic episodes, our brains are just, these amazing things that can either help or hinder us in so many ways. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I gotta say, you know, first of all, you know, if we start talking about this movie, that the doctors in this film, you know, they're all skeptical, but they're all skeptical for for, for good reason. I mean, they 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 know about her past. They look into all this stuff, not not to to damage her, just to say we're looking for a logical a thing. Have to see why she's feeling these ways and how she could possibly be damaging herself. Possibly, 
we we know we know better because we 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 know what's going on. But you know, people will say like, "Oh, she's got no control over her body. This is like Rosemary's Baby," and blah 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 blah. It's like no, it's it's not the same thing. Yeah, you know, these people are trying to get down to, to business here. She has small children to think about, and you know they they something might be wrong with mom. You know they don't know, so they're thinking of it logically. So. I, 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 I like in the fact that there's skeptics in this movie along with these paranormal investigators and they're skeptical f- for the right reasons, you know, and um, that's that's great. But this film, this is a, a first time full watch for me. I only watched parts of this movie, probably only in clips. And because I, I knew the subject matter, I knew going in what, what I was going to be watching, but I didn't know that it was going to be this severe because... When you say that Barbara Hershey is new to this film, she is full frontally new to this film. And there are parts where this specter, this entity, is is touching her. And you see him sucking on her nipples and pushing in on her, her body parts. And I don't know what, what effects they're using to do this, but it's fucking effective to me. Because let me tell you, this is a woman who's in pain. This is a woman who, who the, the, the bathroom scene is uncomfortable and you can, you can tell. But that's a little, little less believable. You walk in the door, you see her flesh being pushed in by some unknown force, and oh, it just it was—it's not even a drag. It's just bizarre. I don't want to watch that anymore. <laughs> you know, it's just—it's just I can see because there's a part where cause Alex Rocco plays her, her new boyfriend, her her new stable stable man who happens to be away because he's a real estate guy. He comes home. You know, he's they're, 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 he's celebrating a, a new job, which he had to see, be able to be with her more, and then stay home, and I travel. And what does he what does he get for this? He gets this thing. He walks in on this thing, pushing down on the flesh of the woman that he loves. And you know, when she goes into the hospital for from her for her her her, um, her trauma, there's a scene where Alex Rocco, where the uh, Ron Silver is talking to him. And he's saying he needs you now more than ever. And he's having this reaction that I, I, I'd imagine in this this man would have this reaction to the point of the, the, the shit I just seen, you know, you know, I want to be there, but I just, I just can't. I can't, I can't do it, you know, because fucking terrifying. When he tried to go, when he tried to go save her, but much like her son, you know, this force pushed him away. And being, being that helpless not to be able to help you know this person that I love, who's in pain. I, I'd be, I'd be terrified that it would happen again, and I, I could, I couldn't watch that. So Alex Rocco, uh, MVP. If people call you a shit pig for not wanting to be there, I, I feel your pain, my, my brother. You know, um, I think the son is, is a great part in this movie, Billy, because once once you hear about her, her past, like his father died in an accident before he he barely knew him, and. She's been with with these other fellows, but he's always been like that patriarchal figure in the house. He's out there in the garage. He's he's fixing the car. He's fixing different things in the house. He's he's taking care of things. So he feels he need to take care of of Carla, the mom, and and the little sisters. But the whole time this is all going on, he's trying to be her protector. And again, he can't do nothing about it either because he gets to the point to where. You know, the, the lightning's a little silly, in my opinion. But, you know, he gets a broken wrist for, from trying to help Mom when she's getting ravaged on the couch. And he's, there's, again, nothing this male character can do about that. But he still sticks around, of course, because that's her son. Again, that, that, that patriarchal figure 
who happens to be your son, they, they, who's always going to be there, who's always going to do do whatever he needs to, to, to be with, 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 you know, with his mom and help his mom. And I've been there with my mom after my mom left my father. You know, I always felt that, 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 that patriarchal thing. My mother, she wasn't well mentally or physically, so I had to be there to help her, you know, to, to do, do certain things. And, um, I feel you, Billy. I feel, I feel the love. And, um, I was, um, cry right now. I just thinking about it. See? Um, her friend Cindy, I thought was a great character in the film too. Uh, she, she's that typical, you know, girlfriend who is, you know, if your husband slaps you around, you you can go to her house and she, she allowed her, her kids to, to stay in her house. Although her husband were, was a big dickhead about it, but she wasn't going to turn them away. So that, 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 that sympathetic character was a very important piece of this movie to me. And it got a little silly in the end. I don't know how, how, but again, the, to the extent of what experiment they did to try to stop this thing, you know, but the fact that we're going to put you in this, this, this prefabricated house that looks like your house and blah, 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 blah. I think the ghost knows what your house is and what it's not is. I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think he does. I'm just going to throw it out there. So building a whole replica of her house, I thought was kind of stupid and her, oh, by the way, we're going to spray this liquid, liquid, um, what, what was it? High nitrogen. Nitrogen. Or... Yeah, liquid nitrogen. Spray this liquid. Oh, it's helium, I think. Helium. Was it? Yeah, was liquid... it helium? So liquid helium. Yeah. I hope it doesn't touch you. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> you have to run to this safe safe room when we say so, <laughs> so you don't get fucking frozen to death and 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 damaged. You know, which you know the the the, the part where you, you really get that when the ghost starts fucking with shit. When it sprays the doll's face, it just shatters. It's like, that's the reality mm-hmm. for your ass there, lady, okay? You know? <laughs> that that could have been your face, you know? Make sure you get to the safe room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a lot of what have yous for, for, wow. for you have an unstoppable, invisible force that raped you and could possibly stop you from getting to that safe room, you know? Uh, but yeah, the end, the end is the most comfortable for me because you, you, you think that, oh, she she's home now with her kids and it's going to be okay. But, you know, the door slams and, you know, welcome home, cunt. I'm like, no, this doesn't have a, this doesn't have a good ending. And it just makes you feel yucky inside again. It just, it, no, it's just, it's, it's, there's no winning. And then you get the scroll that says that she's still tortured by this thing to this day. And like, mm-hmm. oh. there's like, there's no winner here at all. And I'm like, I just, no, it, this, I just feel uncomfortable. I, I, I need a bath right now. Just talking about it, you know, <laughs> This is, I can't, I can't do it, man. I, I'm like Alex Rocco. I, I just, I just can't do it, man. You know. He's just, like, just, I'm out of here. Bye. It's not even like that. I mean, people will, will diss that character, but he, he was that terrified, and I, I would be too. Let's say one of you were attacked by an unknown thing, and I, I live with you, and it, it stopped me from, from, from helping you. I mean, if I had to stand there and watch that, and not be able to do anything about it, I'd be in that same state. And I'm not even yeah, fucking that, kidding. Yeah, that is pretty harsh. Man. It is pretty harsh. Yeah. And I'm just saying, hey, a man, a man's got to help a woman do th- no. I'm like, it's gonna stand there, you know, wanting to help, you know, obviously, and watch that. It's 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 a no no for me, man. I I couldn't do it. I I I close my eyes. That's all I would think about every every time, you know. Well, yeah, because it would make you feel less of a man because you're there to protect, right? Well, yeah, in a way, you know, again, Billy, too. You know, Billy, Billy, mm-hmm. same feeling, but Billy 
was was the stronger of the two, obviously, of him and um, you know, his his new possible stepdad is not going to happen now, you know. Yeah, but you know what though, Billy was used to seeing them come and go. Yeah, but he still he, he still wanted to be that guy though, to be that, yeah. that that patriarchal figure that they say, you know what, I'm the man of the house. You know, you want to mess with my mom, I'm gonna fuck you up, and you know what. He was fucking her up, and he could do nothing about it at all. I know. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this movie's rough. And, and again, <laughs> it's it's a great movie. It's it, it's all, it has all the right places, you know. And and it's it's good all all the way through. I, I like the the science aspect of it. I love I love the doctors aspect of it. I, I love the fact that they they put this whole idea of the abused woman, and you know they're questioning is she actually being abused? Because you have to question for for the stuff she's saying. But mm-hmm. it goes back to any, you know, domestic abuse case of, of any time. You know, either, either the man or the woman is going to be questioned. You know, is this really going on? And I I think that um, as far as a modern version of this, Lee Winnell's uh, Invisible Man did this really well. Um, as far, But he, oh, he, yeah, he had yeah. a, a suit to make himself invisible. But again, she had this whole idea of this invisible force that was torturing her and nobody believed her, you know, so, so, but this, that's, he's an actual physical manifestation though in that movie. So there's a little differences, but it's the same kind of feel, you know? Totally. I get it. Yep. But, um, I'm done. Suzanne, final thoughts. And, and what do you give one to 10? Well, this movie, it's, it, it, for me, what makes it even scarier is the fact that it is based on an actual case. And is, you know, I, I was, I think pretty much covered, you know, the main points of that case. But it's still just scary, and to this day, I have to admit, a little bit shocking at times. No matter how many times you've seen it, it's still, you know, you still get anxious. But yeah, this friend is still pretty much up there. It's it's like for subject matter, I I really don't want to give it a 10, but I kind of have to because... It's incredibly well made. So, uh, you know, fuck it. I'll just give it a 10. Okay. Uh, Iris. Yeah, same for me. Uh, 10. Uh, again, another movie that, you know, it it, <laughs> it gets you in the feels and, and and gives you the goosebumps. And it raises your, your heartbeat and your pulse. And, you know, you're just, you hold your breath. <laughs> and, uh. A lot of movies nowadays don't do that for me, so I I really really enjoy this movie. Um, it's sad to think that um, you know the gal who was going through this uh, was it for real? Was it not for real? Uh, but um, it was very well um, written out, and of course it helps that you know Defolita Defolita was the one who wrote the book. Uh, but you know sometimes a studio will squash a lot of what, you know, the screenwriter is doing and for the um for the studio to actually put this out the way they did, I, I mean, props to them, right? So yeah, I I really enjoy this movie and it's it's a ten for me. Um I'm gonna give it an eight. And not because I feel the comfortable, it's just some of the signs in the film seem kinda hokey. Especially that end part like I mentioned. I I they they started describing what was gonna happen you know, this this is the kids' room, and this is this room, and this is the the panel you have to hide behind when we say so. And we're gonna spray this this ghost with this liquid liquid uh liquid helium, and it's the most coldest subject of the earth. 
And if we hit it, it's going to break in a million pieces. I'm thinking in my brain, this ain't going to fucking work. It ain't going to fucking work, you know. So going into that, that final, the final showdown, that's not really a showdown. I'm like, this, this shit ain't going to work. It's going to fuck up. And, you know, he's, he's going to get her again. He didn't get her again in that scene. But I guarantee he got her again after she got home. So he's still very much a thing. Uh, sam- samurai rapist, apparently, according to the book. Yeah, that, that, uh, could get, get, get her again. Oh, man. Yeah, but it's a, it's an eight, and uh, I I I'm I say I I a rewatch. I might rate it higher, but I'm not gonna watch this again. So, and it's it's not <laughs> it's not the film itself. The film itself is great. It, I mean, it's it's very well put together. I just I just don't want to do it to myself. I'm I'm Alex Rocco, just 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 hanging out in the hospital. Like, yeah, I I I, I can't do it, bro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm playing the patriarchal role in the entity. I'm not, I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, like I'm done. Peace out. P- peace out, Barbara Hershey. You know. <laughs> I hope you're well, baby. But although she did do a new interview on the Blu-ray, so she must be comfortable talking about this film. So it's um on the the Shop Factory Blu-ray. I believe she has an Shop interview. Factory. Um, the guy who plays her son has an interview. Ron Silver obviously cannot because he's passed on, obviously. Um, and I think that the composer has an interview, and there's some other stuff on there too. Nice, but, um, nice, nice, nice. New, new yeah, interviews. Yeah, good shit though. Fucking again, I'm 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 scratching my flesh right now. Come on, guys. Um, yeah. We're gonna come back from all this uncomfortableness and then close out the show. Hello. Hello. Who is this? Who are you trying to reach? I don't know. Oh, I think you've got the wrong number. I'm gonna hang up. Wait, don't hang up. What's that noise? Popcorn? You're making popcorn. Uh huh. I only eat popcorn when I listen to podcasts. I'm about to listen to a podcast. Oh, really? Which one? Probably the podcast on Haunted Hill. Is that the one with the two guys with the beards? Uh, yeah, Dan and Gav. Dan and Gav, yeah. That podcast was scary, I liked it. Most episodes, they look at two different horror movies. Each episode, they look at a world of a strange, where they look at weird things from around the world. Sometimes, they even do special episodes where they look at different genres or directors' discographies and talk about them. Do you have a boyfriend? Maybe. So where can I find the podcast on Haunted Hill? Well, you can go to legionpodcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, or just go into iTunes and search for the podcast on Haunted Hill. So, are you going to ask me out? This'll keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. 
all of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts we appreciate it and thank you for listening now back to the cutting room First and foremost, I don't say this enough. Um, we we, uh, we are glad to be back, and I'm glad to be back with these two women. And I, I, I've said this countless times to people that the key to to running a, a fun podcast that you're comfortable in doing is finding women that are more intelligent than yourself. And you know what? I I, I got two right here in, in my stead that they are not not only more intelligent than me, but will fucking go to bed for me and vice versa. You know, and um, bless you guys for that. I, I, I don't deserve you, okay? Let's put it that way, you know. Uh, yeah, oh. you do. Oh, boy. I'm an awful person. Quit, no one deserves me. Quit, quit, tell, quit telling yourself that, you know. <laughs> Suzanne will invite you to your house and feed you and keep you warm and uh, watch bad sci-fi movies with her husband because, you know, this is the type of person Suzanne is. You know, she's got that... That, that, that giddy lifestyle for you, you know. <laughs> Feed you to you or fool, goddammit. <laughs> I'm sure ours is the same way after the other day. They, they eat good over there, too, I guarantee it, you know. Oh, yeah. Get, get, get it I, make, I make the wife sit down and watch bad, shitty sci-fi with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, bought, I bought Moonfall on digital. Not because I wanted to see it, because I know Pat would annoy the fuck out of his wife with it. I, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. And guess what? It worked. It worked, see? I got the, I got the desired effect, see? You know? And that movie is terrible. I came down one morning. I had not, I was stumbling. Well, you've seen me stumble and stagger over to the coffee pot. And oh my God, this was on. Pat is laughing like a fucking lunatic. Like, and looking at him like, oh, Jesus, that's Moonfall, isn't it? He's like, yep. First, next question is, how long is left? Oh, I just started it. I should just go back to bed. Nah. <laughs> I, I will sit here and suffer loudly. Wait, is this the one where oxygen is being, like, taken off and, and, and like, there's this family that has to ride into the... Into a tunnel or something. No, this this is the film <laughs> no, in which no, you find the, out. Oh, wait, no, no, no. This is a, when worlds collide. Twenty twenty two version, right? You know, this this is where you find out that the moon is built uh, with nanobots and is. <gasps> oh, that's station. right. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay, yeah, I watched this. Yeah, that. Yes. Uh, yeah, and I made the wife watch this one. Really stupid. Like, what you know. the fuck am I watching? And I'm like, I. Have no idea. <laughs> it, it, at least the cat lives in digital form. Is all I'll say about that yeah, movie. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I remember. Okay. Oh, okay, it is. Okay. It is awful. <laughs> it's it's not. Great. It's a ridiculous movie. Um. Yeah, we are proud members of Legion Podcast Network. Um. Yeah, go join the Patreon and all that good stuff. We don't have any content down there ourselves, but we'll we'll uh we'll work on that. Um getting some good stuff on there for you guys because I'm in the mood to, 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 to work and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. And yeah, I'm glad to be back. I mean, like, like I said, you know, how, um, the seasonal depression is a very real thing and it hits me the hardest uh, right around November 1st. And you know what? I don't want to interact with anybody. It's it's not you. It's, it's me. Cause um, I, I just don't, my mother died around Thanksgiving. You guys know this and I never been big on Christmas. So 
right after Halloween, I just I I, I shut down the way I I gotta fix that problem. I gotta, I'm, I'm not let me let me let me let me phrase this correctly. I'm not suicidal, people. So don't don't think that it's just uh it's a, it's a mental thing with me. And I, it's that, just a rough time, man. I I do the same thing, you know. It, it needs a break. after Halloween. It's it, like it needs a break. Ah. It needs mm-hmm. a break though because this is this is something I'm passionate about. This is this is my therapy. Love being with you guys on this 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 ride, and um, I hope you guys are enjoying what you're listening to. If not, we'll, we'll keep on doing it because I I I, uh, I need this in my life, you know. But um, yeah, cinema beef, baby, b- b- back in the saddle again, literally Woo-hoo. with with the next show that we're all gonna be together on. There may be, and I'll I'll say this now: there may be some some interim episodes in there just just to get some stuff recorded. If uh, these ladies need a break for a week or something, we're going to go every two weeks for regular episodes. But the next episode you share with us all together is a, is a fun idea I had to talk about two classic films. With the Little Bill Double Bill being Little Bill from Boogie Nights, William H. Macy, and Little Bill um, from Unforgiven in Gene Hackman. So with those two films, you get the Little Bill Double Bill. So... <laughs> oh my God. Two, two very different films. Nicely done. Yes, yes, Nicely yes. done. Um, it could be fun. I, I love both these films for, for all kinds of reasons and all, all kinds of naked, naked things that I don't feel uncomfortable like looking at. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Woo. Even, even Marky Mark's uh, prosthetic penis. You know, that, uh, oh man, <laughs> you're a shining fucking star, son. No. Yeah. We'll talk about that next episode and, um, look for all the good stuff Iris mentioned. Look for Last Call of Torchies, two Jigman commentaries. This could all be found on the Butcher Shop feed, including this show, and on the Legion podcast feed. Um, yeah, I, I didn't leave anything out, I don't think. And I'm, 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 on the, I'm on the ball tonight, people. But um, thank you, ladies. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been your Sin Beef Podcast, where if you've got beef, we've got the grinder. See you next time. <laughs>